Hello and welcome to The Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I'm your host and I am excited to be joined as always by my co-host, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawangunk Express. He is the Tyler Green to my Tyler Durden. Phil Vondra, welcome back to The Pain Cave. Love it. What an intro. Yep. So good to be back. Amazing. Thank you. Phil, we've been on quite a tear recently with our guests. We have had some of the true luminaries of our sport. And tonight, I think we may have possibly topped ourselves. I don't know that we're ever going to. We may have to retire the podcast after this. Uh, We have one of the truly great uh, athletes in our sport and ambassadors for our sport on the line. This is a a real honor Uh, coming to us from Colorado. We have the former U.S. Sky Running champion and member of the U.S. Mountain Running team. She is also the author of the recently released book, Out and Back, A Runner's Story of Survival Against All Odds. Hillary Allen, welcome to the Pain Cave. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. We are so psyched to have you. This is really, I, I, I am not kidding when I say this, this is a true honor. You're, you're one, of our, one of our absolute faves uh, here Aww. on the show, so we're psyched to have you on. Um, I'm super psyched. Thank you. So tonight, as we said, Hillary, we're going to be doing a 20 questions episode, uh, which we'll get into in just a few minutes. But Phil, before we get started, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, so I, I went with a local beer tonight from uh, Warwick, New York. So it's about uh, 30 miles away from here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, the brewery is called Drowned Lands. And it's uh, a double IPA and it's called Deep Terra. I that think sounds... Terra is Latin for Earth. Oh, Terra. <laughs> yeah. I'm, Not I'm, as in like uh, T E R R O. Yeah, I, I, that's how I was yeah. reading it with your accent. Yeah. Deep terror. Yeah, yeah. that does. Well, sound... I would have thought you you probably studied Latin for a few years at school, didn't you? So you were probably <laughs> confused. With I, the... I, I know you're joking, but I I took three years of Latin in high school, so. Oh no, I can, I actually can <laughs> so, honestly yeah, believe so, that. Yeah. The way that we set off on a run every time, and you're like Veni Vidi Vici. Right. I'm like, okay, let's just go running. I have no idea what that means. So, okay. anyway. All right, I have a Jackie O's uh, Mystic Mama here. Um, nice. Also a double IPA, I think. Or maybe it's just a regular. No, it's just a regular IPA. All right. All right. So you'll probably last twenty minutes. Yeah, we got to go quick. Once the once you hear that pop of the can, once you crack we, we got to get it going. All right. <laughs> All right. Hillary, oh, show us again. You have a Lacroix. I do have a Lacroix. <laughs> Very good. Hey, I do appreciate the double IPAs. That's kind of my style. All right. Or, perfect. Or perfect. Strong to tell. So. <laughs> Hill, before we get started on the 20 questions, uh, we, we just want to do a, a, a little recap of what's been going on recently. Unfortunately, it sounds like you have a recent injury and just went under the knife again last oh. week. Is this correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm super pissed, super bummed. What happened? Supposedly, I have been walking slash running around on a broken foot. And, uh, yeah, you think I'd learn to recognize like broken bones, but, uh, you guys are so tough. You don't feel the pain anymore. I don't think literally I was walking around on the bone and I like, so I was walking around on it and it, and like, I tried to run. I was like, I told my coach, I was like, Oh yeah, it feels 90%. Definitely not. And um, it was like pretty badly displaced. Um, so I actually had to have surgery on it, even though it's like a fourth metatarsal, the bone was kind of like really messed up. So once we finally figured out what it was, I thought it was like tendonitis. I swear my pain sensors are just kind of like probably tapped out at this point. So that's actually not that that, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, you're, you're with what's going on. Is this the same foot where you had the Liz Frank injury? Actually, no, it's it's the the other foot. foot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pretty knee injuries around. I like it. (laughs) I'm just trying to balance out the metal. I don't know. But like, it was, I was pretty bummed, especially like with, uh, you know, the, the, like the book coming out and all the stuff I went to, 
whatever. We're still shut down. It's cool. It's a chance for me to get fully vaccinated and I can just rage. You know? <laughs> there so. you go. That's right. That's right. How many surgeries is this for you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you include my tonsils, um, no, we're going to talk. Let's see. I don't know. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh shit. Six. It's <laughs> a pretty solid account. Then. That's not bad. That's not bad. You got three more and then you get a free one. I think. <laughs> you have a punch card when you show yeah. up. <laughs> I wish that's how it worked. No. <laughs> let, let me ask, you know, obviously, we, as we've alluded to, and we'll get into in a second with the book, you've, you've had a lot of previous experience, obviously, with surgery and with injury. How, do, how does that help you or, or does it help you kind of approach the, you know, the anticipated recovery period? Does it help you in terms of dealing with the injuries or the setbacks? Uh, is it just more frustrating? You know... Yeah, I think it's actually more frustrating. Yeah. Um, it definitely hits home. It's definitely a, fam a weirdly familiar place, even though I've been here before and it kind of, you know, this is not as bad as, you know, the first time around, um, uh, you know, from the initial accident and recovery. Um, it still doesn't get easier. It's still no. hard. It's really hard to slow down, especially, you know, when you have big goals planned, it's always a letdown. And I think it's just, it just is that sadness and anger is a representation of just how much I care and how much I love doing these things. Yeah. And so I think it's just inevitable. Um, but it, it does make it like, I, you know, just like sharpening my tools in my recovery toolkit. I, uh, <laughs> I have lots of them and, you know, going to get another one for this. So it's just kind of like, I already have it there. So I know what to do. Right. Um, so once I get into it, it's, it's, it's okay, but it's still hard. Just another muscle to exercise, I guess. Right. So yeah. let's talk quickly about the book. I have it here out and back. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, it's awesome read. It has a, a very cool and somewhat intimidating picture of you, which, um, I was <laughs> a little bit surprised about because your Instagram feed is like the smilingest Instagram feed in the world. And then, you know, you're kind of, I'm not going to say scowling on the, on the cover of the book, but it, it's intense. Yeah. I can speak to that t that cover, the reason why I chose that picture, actually. Yeah. Um, and it has an interesting backstory. Literally, that photo was taken at the North Face Athlete Summit. And we have them every year in November. This was days after I was cleared to walk for the very first time after my accident. I was, I was like cleared. I was like, okay, now I can walk. I'm going to this North Face Athlete Summit. I hadn't seen my, you know, my friends in super long, you know, since I nearly died. And um, I went there. And, of course, we take portraits. And this portrait was taken, you know, like literally like, you know, day two of me walking. And so I had wow. this kind of like, he takes, of course, smiling photos, but I had this like kind of scowl of like, oh yeah, I'm coming for you world. So that's the title. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. That's <laughs> great. On back face. Yeah. Oh, like Boyd took that photo. Super awesome photographer. Yeah. <laughs> that's very cool. Very cool. So yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about writing the book. Uh, this was your first experience with writing, I take it. Yeah, I mean, if you count creative writing in college. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, or short form writing. I mean, I've always used writing as a tool, but it's always been shorter form, you know, mm -hmm. like for blogs or my own personal, like, you know, journaling or whatever, if I need to like get some raw emotions out on the paper. Um, but this was, I just kind of had used writing as a means of, you know, catharsis basically for like getting out my emotions throughout the recovery period. And I would publish short blog forms and I kind of got some positive feedback, but mainly it was more just, I felt so, I felt just good writing the, these things down. And I just had this idea just kind of for a bigger project, um, just for me personally to kind of write it down in full story form. And, um, 
<laughs> ironically, that came at the end of 2018. So kind of like, you know, after my big year of recovery. Mm -hmm. um, and then once I actually really started to, to started the process of writing um, is when I broke my ankle in 2019. And so then <laughs> I kind of got the chance to re-experience, uh, you know, the, uh, the injury process. And I really got to kind of delve into that whole, um, that, that just the feelings. And so it was, I, it was really a, a moment for me to be really raw and, um, learn again. And, but that's kind of what started it. And then throughout my recovery journey there, I was able to revisit, um, kind of past experiences and write about it throughout kind of the year of 2019 as I was recovering and then training and racing again. Was it uh, traumatic to kind of relive the experiences that you, you know, went through? Oh, for sure. I mean, certainly, I mean, I'm not sure how far you are in the book, but there was, there's a chapter in there about going back to Trumso. Yeah. Um, and even just, you know, like talking, even writing about the accident years later, um, it's still a very emotional, um, emotional experience. And I mean, I even recorded an audiobook for this. And so even reading my words, it's, it just evokes a lot of emotion. Um, and I mean, that's the interesting part about writing for me. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's kind of like a, like a vivid memory, right? You're like writing it in real time as you know, you're re-remembering it. So it's, it's normal to have that. Um, and so absolutely like through the recovery period of like, the ankle break and writing about, um, the recovery and remembering how, how hard it was, or like re like going back to some of the, the writing I did during my actual recovery. Cause I was kind of taking kind of daily logs if I was feeling especially bad. Um, yeah, it was a really emotional experience. Um, but I think that's also, it's like, it's healing in a way too. Right. I mean, that's part of the process, right? And part of using it as a therapeutic tool is, mm -hmm. like you said, it's it's raw and it's it's kind of opening that up. And yeah, it, it takes that takes strength just to just to be able to share that. Um, yeah, it's kind of terrifying to have it like out to the world for everyone to see. Like, yeah. There's something a little bit more, I think, um, I don't know, exposed. You know, you, I don't have the option of hitting delete. It's like out there. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So, I mean, I, I take it your your book tour has been somewhat limited by the fact that you're, you know, recovering again from surgery now. Well, yes and no, actually. I mean, we're still kind of under COVID lockdown. So, um, you know, no one is not as many people are able to do events. So I've been able to do kind of like lean in actually even before this was this was a thing, my injury that is um, we had like the me and the publishing team had planned an all virtual book tour. Um, in hopes that when things would open up maybe in like may june like in the warmer months right. um, and once people are more fully vaccinated then we could have um events so everything's still on track for that so you know just like rolling in the virtual events bring them on all right awesome <laughs> awesome so yeah so the, and and that that kind of goes into what we wanted to kind of discuss which was you know you've been at the top of our sport for a long time you've done uh, as, as Jamil says, there are almost as many ultra running podcasts as there are ultra runners, and I'm sure you've done pretty much all of them. So you've been <laughs> asked probably every question in the book, and that's even before starting on a on a publishing tour. So you know, for for guests like you who are very accomplished and and very well traveled in terms of publicity, we like to do these twenty questions episodes to kind of keep things fresh and maybe uh, you know approach some some questions from a different angle and and you know hopefully make you laugh a little bit. So. That's what we're going to do. You ready? I like it. 
All right. So we have our 20 questions. We're going to go back and forth, uh, kind of rapid fire. You can go as short or as long on any of these answers as you like. Feel free to, you know, expound or not. And uh, we'll we'll see if we can, you know, dig a little dig a little deep here. All right. Okay. All right. Phil, take we'll us away. Getting to know you. Yeah. Talk I'm going first. Go. All right. Let's do it. Um, <clears throat> what What's your go to pre race meal? Oh, uh, that's easy. It's probably like everyone, like peanut butter and banana. <laughs> okay. Uh, and like some, actually, no, like, yeah, like toast, peanut butter, and banana. Or if I don't have that, instant oatmeal. Okay. Because I'm usually camping, like before a race, usually. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds nutritious. <laughs> so we had, a qu- we had a couple of questions that we had to take out. Um, kind of like, you know, what's your worst DNF? I figured falling off the side of a mountain and almost dying was... <laughs> <laughs> Probably going to be the default yeah, answer for that one. But <laughs> what what's the toughest race you've ever run? Actually, but quick, quick, like DNF, like literally, that's the only race I've ever DNF. Is oh. NFL. All right. Well, so, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to keep that record up. Actually, I don't know. Actually, if I want to say that. Um, uh, so the toughest race. Oh man, that is a hard question. Um, I mean, there's one race in the Pyrenees. I remember the Buff Epic. It was my first 100 kilometer race. And my stomach just was not having it. And um, I remember it was just one of these epics where I was like, you know, in podium position. And then I fell back to like 15th and I was like just surviving to go. It was like 110 kilometers with 26,000 feet of gain. It was like, oh God, those wow. are my style of races. Like it's, yeah, they're awesome. And some, I'm like for, you know, maybe 10 hours of the 17 hour race, I couldn't eat anything. And I was like dry heaving if I like exceeded a certain pace. (laughs) So, um, that one, and it was one of those where I like rallied somehow. I, I found something within me that I just could not quit and that I would not quit. And I ended up placing fifth. And so like still pretty solid. Um, but I think that's one of the toughest races other, other than that, um i would say the olympus marathon in greece um because it's just straight up and straight down and it gets so ridiculously humid and hot in like the nps canyon um and it's it's only a marathon but it's just like it's brutal and it's like super techie yeah it'll eat you alive it's a tough one i mean that does seem like a common thread amongst your races i was looking at some of your results and everything's like 15,000 feet of gain, 25,000 feet of gain, like <laughs> nothing over like 60 mile, you know, like 30 to 60 mile kind of thing, but everything's got like insane amounts of gain on it. I was like, oh, these look, these look brutal. These so, are the ones uh, I love. And yeah. I mean, yeah, Tromso. I mean, I actually went back and I finished that race and that is like super hard because it's like, Nor- Norway is just insanely technical. It's like, yeah. you know, I think literally the, the, the least technical part of that race is the pavement that you run. Yeah. To- on the trails as soon as you're on the trails it's just like rocks everywhere yeah. i have a local friend that did the race as well uh, a couple of years ago and he said exactly the same thing he said yeah. you kind of cruise up to like where it starts to go uphill which is really close to where you actually start like really yeah. close and then he said it's just up and down and technical and up and down and he's a really good technical mountain runner this guy yeah and he yeah. just said it was insanely brutal it's he, insane. said he couldn't believe it yeah <laughs> i couldn't so, either i was like I mean, oh wow okay you kind of had fun but he said yeah it's it's insane he was like yeah. killian I want to have a word with that guy. So, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. All right. Phil, question three. All righty. Me. Um, so, what is, uh, what's on your bucket list? What's your bucket list race? 
I think actually I have, so hard rock would probably be at the top of that just because wow, I mean, I'm from nice. Colorado, yeah. but just, I love that course. Um, yeah. it's kind of one of the first, the first races, ultra races that I went out to cheer for. Cause it's just iconic. Um, and then other than that, I have, um, like UTMB is a race that I'd, I'd like to do just for, for, for the event, but I also have just kind of like bucket list, um, continents that I want to do races on. Um, yeah. Like <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> oh, New Zealand. Sure. Yeah. New Zealand. That'd be amazing. Um, yeah. Like, and, and just, and like places where I want, where I'd want to run, um, like Iceland and, um, I don't know there's like, I mean, I've, I've gotten into bike racing now too. And so, um, yep. there's like this race in the, like the silk road. So I've never been to that part of the world. Oh, wow. That'd be amazing. Yeah. So things like that, but yeah, for sure. Hard rock is at the top of the list. Um, cool. That'd be good to see. And then are you entered for UTMB this year? Yep. Yeah. Nice. We'll see if it happens though. I mean, like, yeah, we'll, hopefully. I don't know with the, with the COVID situation over there right now. Yeah. France is a mess. <laughs> yeah. It is right. We, yeah. we were just talking about this on our run yesterday. Phil is, is very pessimistic. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't know, man. I mean, I did. So actually for the pandemic, I did live um, in France, like, October 2019 through October 2020. So like through the like strict lockdowns and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. they're in like lockdowns again. It's like obviously it's like I don't know. I'd like to say it's optimistic, but like I don't know how we can go from like lockdown to international travel. Well, let me ask you. You're gonna this. have the French open. So I think that that you know says there is a chance. I mean that is maybe- true. The French Open is I mean you used to play tennis. That's my favorite tournament. You could do both. Get into the French Open, <laughs> and then, then you'll already be there. Train you're, already, over to you're, you're already there. <laughs> you don't have to leave. Perfect. We, you know, we we had been talking about this. I think on our last episode, maybe, and certainly on our run recently. Like, first of all, uh, well, two questions, I guess, related to UTMB. I mean, what what are your thoughts on an elite only race like they've done at some of the major marathons? You know, Tokyo did that last year, and and that sort of thing. I I kind of feel like. The, the amount of publicity and the amount of infrastructure around UTMB might actually be able to pull off something like that. Yeah, you know, I do think that that seems more realistic um, from like just sheer number of people that come to that event. Right. But I do think that it also detracts from the feel of the race. Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So, but I, I mean, so there, yeah. So, all right, then what about this? Vaccines only. Like yeah. show proof of vaccine. I mean, exactly. what, what are your, uh, to me, that seems like the easiest, not the easiest thing. To me, that seems like the easiest answer, at least, to having to postpone. I mean, there's going to be enough vaccinated people who will want to run UTMB that they could fill out, I would think, a field of fully vaccinated people. And then if you want to make right. them unmanned aid stations or whatever, fine. Right. Um, if you, you know, if you don't think you'll have the volunteers that can be vaccinated. But yeah, I mean, I, they're... You're going to tell me they can't find 10,000 vaccinated ultra runners who want to be in Chamonix in August? I can't imagine that's not the case. Exactly. And I think that that would be, I think the issue is, is that the France themselves, the French citizens themselves, they're having a lot of trouble being vaccinated at the moment. Right. So what are the optics of that then, right? (laughs) A bunch of of Americans (laughs) and everyone else coming in and being like, fuck you guys. Hey, look at my vaccine certificate. (laughs) A good way for to start a bunch of fights i mean <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, but i completely agree like i think that i know i got my card today i got my first shot today actually you did um, hey yeah yeah Congrats. so i know gotta get vaccinated for the book tour man come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> what'd you get what'd you get moderna moderna excellent phil you gets- know why though 
No. I mean, I'm a scientist. I can geek out about this stuff. Yeah, sure. Bring uh, it on. The, right, Moderna, it. the basically the kind of the little bubble, like the the lipid bubble, like mm-hmm. the the vector that like you know you use to get the the mRNA into your system. Mm-hmm. It's actually is patented by a company that's based here in Boulder. So oh, really? They, and it's been on the market longer. Um, and so it's like that's why basically it's quote unquote more stable because the like the temperature at which you store it is a bit is a bit. Um, like warmer so right. not as cold as Pfizer like right. Pfizer's like minus 80 that's why they've had problems mm. with like expiring vaccines right. and like yeah anyways very cool <laughs> Phil get Phil gets his second one tomorrow or we'll have had it by the time this comes out so Moderna yeah. or what? I'm glad we're doing this now because tomorrow I might be lying in bed <laughs> bre- oh, breaking into a sweat actually I think <laughs> you will be <laughs> yeah probably yeah Did I had the first one and then uh I raced Georgia death race three days after it probably wasn't the best move. <laughs> I didn't have a great race, but I survived. That's a race I want to do too. I've heard good things. Yeah. You, you do well there. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's a good you, one. Don't, you don't say yeah, you would, you'd be like, where are the hills? Like, <laughs> I thought this thing went uphill at some point. <laughs> no, it has, some, it has some decent hills, but not like the, uh, the kind of sky running type stuff. No. So but yeah, it, it's good. It is good. Yeah. All right, Hill. We we've asked you your your toughest race. We've asked you your bucket list race. Bucket list race. What's your favorite race? Oh man, I think ooh, it's a tie, man, between the Cortina Trail, mm. the fifth race, yeah, and yes, that's nice. Um, and the Cortina Trail, I think, takes the cake just because I I've gone back to that race so many times. It's not really it's it's I love the course. The Dolomites are one of my favorite places on earth, and not only that, just ra- that race has just a special place in my heart because it kind of bookends my um, like pre um, you know pre accident and then post accident and then like post ankle break. It's just it's just a special place, and I love the race directors. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quite an amazing race. And I would say then my favorite U.S. race is Run the Rut. Oh, in Montana. Yeah. yeah. That looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Cortina yeah. is um, – Cortina, I, I, I was there for a, a trip, you know, oh, God, a long time, 15 years ago now. But um, yeah. that's a very cool place. I mean, the, gorgeous. The Dolomites are absolutely gorgeous. The trails are yeah. unbelievable. And the town is super cool. It's like a, a mini Chamonix, I think. Exactly, it is, and it's just like, I mean, they've hosted the Olympics um, and right. like many, many yeah. like, ski, like professional ski, like downhill ski racing mm-hmm. um, uh, for you know many years. But it's just, it's quaint. It's even it's smaller than Chamonix. It doesn't have as much as of a touristy feel. Right. Um, but yeah, it's like situated in the heart of the Dolomites. I, ugh, it's awesome. The race like starts and finishes. I mean, even Lavaredo, you know, the long one, it starts and finishes there. So yeah. That's also a race I want to do. I mean, if you keep on mentioning races, I'm just going to come up with a bigger bucket list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Western States is always the one that I pick as my bucket list race, but I think Lavaredo is my, my number two choice. And that, that is not a course that sets up for me from a skills, <laughs> skill set standpoint <laughs> by any stretch, but that, that's a race I want to do for sure. Oh, uh, you've got to make it out there. Yeah. 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 All right, Phil. All right. Who is your all time favorite runner? All-time favorite runner? Oh my gosh, this is a really hard question. Oh, they get worse, and and they get a lot dumber too. So really, the okay, questions? All-time? Yes, the questions get much much dumber. <laughs> no, we got some good ones as well, but there's a few silly ones. I would say Chrissy Mole, and um, 
another one like she and i mean she's a teammate of mine fernanda maciel like i sure. still have you know i'm pretty much i'm pretty sure everyone has a crush on her but so do i <laughs> and so get in line and I'm right. not-, <laughs> 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 not only is she awesome but she's just like she's she's just a force right and she just kind of always has these crazy ideas whether it's for running or like combining sports um yeah those two Chrissy cool. Wall is one of the pioneers of, yeah. of the modern kind of trail ultra running scene. That's great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hill, hot or cold weather? Cold. Cold. That's the right answer. Good. <laughs> Go ahead, Phil. All right. Uh, what is your go-to aid station food? Oh, but they never have it. Carrots. Carrots. Really? Wow. I never, I never expected we'd get that. As Definitely a... the first time. First time yeah. we've had that answer for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, okay, so like, I mean, this is this is funny because like people who crew for me, so they could bring the bring these things. It's really nice. It's like a crunch, like mid races. I mean, honestly, it's not like any caloric value, but like, I would say carrots and watermelon because it's like really refreshing. It's, like, watermelon. Now, now you're speaking Phil's okay. language. Yeah, that's. I'm I'm a big big watermelon fan. Do you do you like it? Do you put salt on your melon or? Yeah, you have actually, it, yeah. In, in there you yes. Perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the best you can have, right? Add lime, salt, and lime. Oh, lime on the watermelon. That sounds, mm-hmm. that sounds fantastic. Yep. Yep. All right, it's a new thing we try. I actually, have some uh, some lime salt and some lemon oh, salt in the kitchen. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, you could just you know go full like you know sangria and just like dip it in your wine too. <laughs> just hit the first, a, a, first aid station and just stop there. <laughs> sangria, watermelon. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it all at these ultra races. Yeah. Fireballs. One time I was crewing for someone and he literally made me make tea for him. Oh, and, really well. And it had to have like agave syrup and like almond milk. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, we need to keep running. Yeah. Like, you cannot have Full on barista <laughs> style. <laughs> how, how, are you to heat, how are you heating that up? It was in a thermos. I was carrying it for him. It was in like, right. it was like Leadville where like, you know, it was, it was okay for, you know, to like have. Oh a, yeah. You know, like yeah. A, like you can mule, pool. you can mule at Leadville. Sure. So I, he made, he made oh, you carry wow. a thermos. That's, that's pretty. It was like, I that's mean, a, that's I about as diva as they come. I was like, okay, come on. Like you need to, you need to keep going. <laughs> what celebrity do you wish would follow you on Instagram? Oh gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't really follow any celebrities. Okay, I do like the Marvel movies. I'm gonna say Chris Hemsworth. Thor. Nice Thor. Ooh, all right, yeah, it's good. It's a good one. Okay, so this is one of my my favorite questions. If you could compete in any non-running sport in the Olympics, what would it be? Rock climbing, specifically speed rock climbing. If I could like jump up at that wall, that'd be so cool. So it does look amazing, actually. And those people move so fast. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that or um figure skating <laughs> there you go you got your summer and your winter olympics covered i like it oh my god figure skating i don't care what anyone says it is beautiful and it is amazing and my favorite is the partners it's so good yeah. oh you like the pairs flinging each other around yeah fantastic so great. Yeah. and i don't i don't watch figure skating for the ladies i watch it for the guys they right should watch I mean, there's some good figure awesome. skating movies out there you should watch those cutting edge that's a oh, good bad movie. What's the What's the one with uh, Napoleon Dynamite? I can't remember. Blades what. of Glory. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I've seen that one. <laughs> I, love, I love that movie. Case in point, that sounds good. figure skaters. That movie. 
<laughs> Hillary, I know you're a you're a coach for uh, CTS. Is that right? Yes. Do uh-huh. you yourself have a coach? I do. Yeah, Adam St. Pierre. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. How long have you been working with him? Ah, uh, since actually the accident, 2017. We've been friends. Actually, I have a really good story about how I first met Adam. If you'd like to hear it, of course. Um. So it was Bighorn 50, my first 50 mile race. And, you know, I'm like in the tent at the rec center in Sheridan, Wyoming. And, you know, waiting for the bus at the, you know, it's like at you know, 3 a.m. that takes you to start this 50 mile race. And Adam's sitting there next to me and he's got his big ultra shoes. He has like little like wings, literally like in his laces. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, you know, he has a plan. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just like, he's like, oh, so what are your goals for this race? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just going to have fun. Uh, you know, my boyfriend says I could maybe run under nine hours. Like I had no idea what I was doing. It was my first 50 mile race. And uh, he's all, he looks at me and he's like, you know, the course record's nine hours. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. I'm just going to, you know, try my best. It's like, whatever. Ha ha. And uh, so turns out um, I was pretty good at running long distances. And in my first race, I, uh, I not only broke nine hours, I ran eight hours and 52 minutes. And Adam over here, who had like a super dialed plan of like running a seven hour, 30 you know, minute race, totally blows up. And I actually almost catch him. And he's literally just ahead of me in the finishing shoot. And I placed like third overall and I almost beat Adam. And <laughs> since then we were friends. And uh, <laughs> he swears it was like three minutes or five minutes, but no, it was like 30 seconds. <laughs> and That's uh, awesome. it was the wings on his shoes. A friendship was born. Yep. <laughs> and I'll never live it, live, let him live that down. <laughs> do you cross train? Yes. What do you do? You made some uh, gravel so biking. Cycling is like my favorite. Um, so cycling, I really got into gravel bike racing. Um, and then it's a really cool way to kind of ride your bike to the trail and then do a trail run, like to do some kind of like longer days. Um, and yeah, I've done like Dirty Kansas. It's now called Unbound uh, mm-hmm. Gravel. It's a 200 mile bike race. Mm-hmm. That was my first ever bike race. It was awesome. Um, and I also strength train um, in the winter. I'll ski. Um, yeah. I used to rock climb. I'm trying to get back into it, but it's kind of scary after you almost die. Yeah, I'll bet. I, I, have yeah, no I used to be a rock climber. Beginning. I've seen plenty of scary stuff in it. Ugh. Yeah. 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 What do you ski like a uh, ski mountaineering or are you? Yeah. So yeah. like touring and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I really like the ski mo. I will not pay for lifts on principle. It's too expensive. There you go. <laughs> Good. Earn your turns as they say. And I mean, and so cross country, like skate skiing, that stuff too. So. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Phil just got into that this this year. Yeah, yeah, I had a really good good year this year. Made a ton of progress. Jay yes. Jay's been skate skiing since he was three, uh, so seventy two years. Yeah, seven. So <laughs> he's pretty good. Fifty five years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's super fun. But yeah, the technique so is hard. much fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Great that when you make a bit of progress, it's very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Makes you keeps you coming back for more. You know. Exactly. And plus the spandex, it's just cool. <laughs> yeah, spandex. I mean, I wear that all the time anyway, so <laughs> until I get arrested, but. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm now I'm lost. Is it me or you? It's me. It's me. All right. Yeah. What is your favorite beer? Um, I'll go with like, so how about this? For my rule, when I'm looking for a beer, mm-hmm. the stronger, the better. Okay. I like to have one. I like that strategy. Yes. <laughs> Like one, one beer, maybe two, and, and then you're good. Uh, you know, eight percent or higher. All right. Yeah. You know, I don't. Yeah. So Perfect. depends so, on the type of year. You know, sometimes in the winter time, if it's a stout, sweet. Um, 
But usually those are like double IPAs or like Drapels. Nice. Yeah. I nice. like that. Looking through the cans. I've got one here that's 12%. Oh, 15%er, I'll take. Exactly. And I only have two drinks tonight, but they're 15% alcohol. Perfect. There's, no, there's one point there's one point in the book where you said you, you couldn't lift anything heavier than a 12-ounce beverage. And I'm like, oh, that was not by accident. I'm sure she had that <laughs> dialed in exactly how, how heavy that beverage had to be. That, that, that was a strangely like specific amount. <laughs> I know. They said, they said to me, you know, like, oh, like a Coke can. I'm like, I don't drink. Yes, Coke. like a Coke can. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a Coke can, yes. <laughs> Okay, Phil, you're you're up. Alrighty, um, lost track of what, what number what, we're on, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm not really sure. What uh, what motivates you when things start to suck? Um, so this it's like I like hard things. Um, there's a certain satisfaction of uh, doing something that's challenging, and even though, and and knowing that the things that are that I enjoy most usually require a lot of hard work, and that doesn't mean that they're fun all the time. Um, so. Yeah, that's basically what I'm telling myself now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Um, what is the best concert you've ever seen? Band of Horses at, uh, at Red Rocks. Okay, cool. I don't know that. Yeah. Live. Um, I think I'm saying it right, hopefully. <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard of them. Yeah. Um, cool. And then Ben Howard also at Red Rocks. Red right. Rock seems like an awesome place for a show. It yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you play a musical instrument? If not, uh, what musical instrument do you wish you could play? Yeah, so I used to play, I'm a super nerd, I used to play the clarinet. Um, and I was oh, really okay. good at it. I was like in honor band and like the orchestra. Yeah. Oh, you were a nerd. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was such a nerd. I was you can admit marching. to band camp on this podcast. It's fine. I, I mean, marching band. Like, oh my gosh. That, marching yeah. bands look cool. It's totally fine. But then also like, so now currently I sing. So it's like, that's like a big hob hobby of mine. I really like to do it. Um, like, you know, before actually I started running in graduate school, I'd like go to open mic nights with my friend and sing harmonies for the songs that he, this guy would write. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> so you're the right person to go out for karaoke with after some big racing. Yeah. And actually, I have never done karaoke. Get out of here. Ever. But I, I've never done it. So someone invite me and I will tear it up. <laughs> yeah, I love a little bit of karaoke. I don't like it when I get there. But once I've had a few drinks, you can't get the mic away from me. Perfect. Especially if you Next time we're in Colorado, maybe we'll all go out for karaoke. I or if you ever come east. Sounds good. Yeah. What do you have a post-run ritual? Um, no, I don't really have a post-run ritual. Uh, usually in the morning, like I mean, I really love to run at sunrise. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in the morning, and so uh, like a post-run ritual would just be like the best one would just be coffee at my favorite coffee house and um. Yeah, like coffee and breakfast, and then like I just love the energy that I have post run to like rage for the rest of the day. Nice. <laughs> it really sets you up well for a good day. I mean, I always yeah. feel like after you've been out for a run in the morning, you can't really have a bad day after that. It just right. sets you up with the right frame frame of mind. Right. You know, feel good, feel energized. Mm -hmm. I hate it if I kind of skip a morning run and push it to the evening. I'm always like, ah, I should have got up and gone. Right. I feel much better. Yeah. Cool. Me, right? Sorry, I've got yep, a bad, bad concentration tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your taper strategy the week before a race? You know, it depends on how uh, how long the taper is, like how long the race is. Um, 
but usually it's like you just, where you feel anxious, right? And you have all this energy. But usually my strategy is like I tell myself that like I want to feel this anxious and I want to feel like that I am holding back and that I want to go for a run because it's like um, when when I get to go out and ru- and run, it's like oh man, like I I saved for this. It's like um, so I tell myself that I I rest now so I get to suffer later. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Question number 18. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, you, you know where I'm going, Phil. Hillary, <laughs> would you okay. rather fight one horse sized duck or 10 duck sized horses? 10 duck sized horses. Why? Because you could kick them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes more sense, I think. I mean, plus the guy, the beak has got to be huge. Yeah, I, th- I think I would just be terrified. I guess just you by could the jump on his back and wrestle duck. it, but I would be too. But I would like kick him all over the place. Okay, good. <laughs> and and she's just gonna kick him. That's good. Yeah, I would just kick him. <laughs> and you could like go in the water because they're not ducks, so they really can't swim. Horses can swim. Probably can't climb trees. That's true. All right. Was <laughs> a duck's gonna a horse sized duck's gonna come after you wherever, right? <laughs> Can you imagine that thing swimming after you? No, no. <laughs> All right. Well, I'd like to ask the the question twenty, but I'll do nineteen. So I think it's better to finish on twenty. So um would you rather run an ultra dressed as a fairy or a unicorn? As a unicorn. <laughs> that was a unicorn is basically a horse fairy, isn't it? Yeah, it, but also like I think it like a fairy, and I think of a tutu, and that would cause ridiculous chafing. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, and a unicorn, I could just suffice with like a horn, and people would get it. So yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, I guess it would so be a, a simpler costume. A magical creature, so <laughs> and very practical as well. I mean, chafing is is kind of important, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. That 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 tutu rubbing all over wouldn't be good. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Hillary, last question. What changes do you see coming in ultra running or trail running over the next five to 10 years? Oh, this is a great question. Um, I, I actually see it growing even more. Um, and that's my hope for it. I hope that it that it continues to grow, reaches more people, not only who have access to trails out their back door, like I'm fortunate enough to have that, but just in in cities. I mean, I actually started ultra running when I lived in Denver and you know the trails weren't necessarily close, but um, yeah, it's just running is so accessible and so easy for to do. It's so simple. All you need is a pair of shoes. And I think actually one of the silver linings of the pandemic is it's kind of showed that, that even if gyms close down, you know, you can still have running and it's a really cool way to challenge yourself. Um, and yeah, I think it's, a you know, just trail running is just such a broad term, right? Sure. Like yeah. you can literally do trail running on a simple crushed gravel path, or you can do like crazy steep mountain running, like sky running, like I like to do. Um, but there's a whole range of, of, of things in there. So I think it's just uh, the more that people learn about it, I think it's just gonna, just gonna grow. And I, yeah, I hope to see, I hope to see just like more, just more growth for like all types of populations, you know, gender, race, anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's all we got, Hillary. This was really, really fun. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we kept you entertained for a little while. Yeah, this is great. I, I, I think number one answer for me was carrots. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a new one. I, I'm going to try crunching. And, like, you know, a lot of these race vests now, they have those kind of pockets. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought they were for gels, but I'm starting to think maybe the carrot would fit perfectly in one of those. Yes, and it should be, like, a garden carrot. Like, there are certain types of carrots that are, like, very sweet. So it's, like, quite yeah. refreshing. Yeah. Um, I, I like, I, like take those with me, like, a, like a carrot or, like, a f- piece of fresh fruit for, like, summits of mountaintops. It's great. <laughs> Sounds amazing. I, cool. I'm kind of big on salsa water. That that kind of refreshes me as well. Yeah. But between watermelon, carrots, and salsa water, I'm going to be so refreshed. I think this is, <laughs> this is another another refreshing item in my, my race quiver. <laughs> Good, I like it. <laughs> the the yeah. book is called Out and Back, A Runner Story of Survival Against All Odds. It is available now, just released last week, and available wherever you get your fine books. Do you want to plug any local bookstores or anywhere that, that people should check out? Yeah, so, I mean, if you're in Boulder, you know, um, the Boulder Boulder Bookstore or Trident, Trident Coffee and Booksellers. Um, there's also in the Denver area, the Tattered Cover in Fort Collins is... Um, the old firehouse books, but Barnes and Noble is carrying it. And um, yeah, I would encourage if anyone wants to go to their local bookstore and buy there, like uh, inquire about it. And if not, you can kind of have it delivered there. Um, Blue Star Press and Pe- Penguin House are the the publishing companies. So um, yeah, and if not, then you can visit my website and there's some links to order it online. So awesome. We'll link to that in the show notes. Oh. Hillary, yeah. what, uh, what do you got coming up later this year once the foot is healed? Yeah, so probably some big goals on the bike. Again, like that Dirty Kansas, the 200-mile race across Kansas. Uh, that was on my schedule already. So that and, you yeah. You can be, hopefully. Um, exactly, yeah. And right. some, just some really cool. I have my own, like, little Everstein project here in my backyard in Green Mountain. So, you know, that's good training, too. Green nice. Mountain's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> not anytime soon. That's great. Thanks so much, Hillary, for joining us. And get better soon, quickly. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and until next time in the pain cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Broken down and beaten up, the years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead. Happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded, like a good old pair of jeans. Rusted like a proud old car that's drove a little too far and seen too much rain. But long ago, as a child, I look about the night sky in wild wonderment. And ride the bus, feel upset.